अच्छा One fine morning, the collegiate assessor Kirill Ivanovich Babilonov, who had died of the two afflictions so widely spread in our country—a bad wife and alcoholism—was being buried. As the funeral procession set off from the church to the cemetery, one of the deceased's colleagues, called Poplavsky, got into a cab and galloped off to find a friend, one Grigory Petrovich Zapoykin, a man who, though still young, had acquired considerable popularity. Zapoykin, as many of my readers are aware, possesses a rare talent for impromptu speechifying at weddings, jubilees, and funerals. He can speak whenever he likes, in his sleep, on an empty stomach, dead drunk, or in a high fever. His words flow smoothly and evenly, like water out of a pipe, and in abundance. There are far more moving words in his oratorical dictionary than there are beetles in any restaurant. He always speaks eloquently and at great length. So much so that on some occasions, particularly at merchants' weddings, they have to resort to assistance from the police to stop him. I have come for you, old man," began Poplavsky, finding him at home. "Put on your hat and coat this minute and come along. One of our fellows is dead. We're just sending him off to the other world, so you must do a bit of palavering by way of farewell to him. You are our only hope. If it had been one of the smaller fry, it would not have been worth troubling you. But you see, it's the secretary, a pillar of the office, in a sense." It's awkward for such a whopper to be buried without a speech. Oh, the secretary yawns Zapoykin. You mean the drunken one? Yes, there will be pancakes, a lunch. You'll get your cab fare. Come along, dear chap. You spat out some rigmarole like a regular Cicero at the grave, and what gratitude you will earn! Zapoykin readily agreed. He ruffled up his hair, cast a shade of melancholy over his face, and went out into the street with Poplavsky. I know your secretary," he said as he got into the cab. "A cunning rogue and a beast. The kingdom of heaven be his, such as you don't often come across. Come, Grisha, it's not the thing to abuse the dead. Of course not. Out mortuis nihil bene, but still he was a rascal. The friends overtook the funeral procession and joined it. The coffin was borne along slowly, so that before they reached the cemetery, they were able three times to drop into a tavern and imbibe a little to the health of the departed. In the cemetery came the service by the graveside. The mother-in-law, the wife, and the sister-in-law, in obedience to custom, shed many tears. When the coffin was being lowered into the grave, the wife even shrieked, "Let me go with him!" But did not follow her husband into the grave, probably recollecting her pension. Waiting till everything was quiet again, Zaboykin stepped forward, turned his eyes on all present, and began, "Can I believe my eyes and ears?" Is it not a terrible dream, this grave? These tear-stained faces, these moans and lamentations. Alas, it is not a dream, and our eyes do not deceive us. He whom we have only so lately seen, so full of courage, so youthfully fresh and pure, who so lately, before our eyes, like an unwearying bee, bore his honey to the common hive of the welfare of the state, he who. He is turned now to dust, to inanimate mirage. Inexorable death has laid his bony hand upon him at the time when, in spite of his bowed age, 
he was still full of the bloom of strength and radiant hopes, an irremediable loss. Who will fill his place for us? Good government servants we have many, but Prakofi Osipich was unique. To the depths of his soul he was devoted to his honest duty. He did not spare his strength but worked late at night and was disinterested, impervious to bribes. How he despised those who, to the detriment of the public interest, sought to corrupt him, who, by the seductive goods of this life, strove to draw him to betray his duty. Yes, before our eyes, Prokofi Osipich would divide his small salary between his poorer colleagues, and you have just heard yourselves the lamentations of the widows and orphans who lived upon...